And we're back with the Prep Red Zone podcast series. I am your host, Michael Knight, the director of Prep Red Zone Oklahoma, and we welcome you into the Week 4 Prep Red Zone preview podcast. We took Week 3 off. We had a couple questions sent our way, like where's the pod at? We didn't have a preview episode last week. We didn't have a recap episode on Sunday for Week 3 recap and all of that. And uh, there's a pretty good explanation why. Um, and for those that did not see it on social media, um, we, uh, my family, and I had a baby. We had our second child, a son, Wyatt, and uh, he's doing quite well. He's in the back room uh, resting as we speak. So uh, he was actually born on Thursday of last week when uh, week three's preview podcast would have been published. So. We did not uh, go ahead and record a podcast from the hospital room, so uh, apologies on that, but we are back. We'll be back every single week uh, throughout the rest of the regular season and into the playoffs with our weekly preview podcast on Thursday and every Sunday. We'll be uh, right back here recapping all of the action across Oklahoma. Uh, Like I said, we put it out on social media. A lot of people reached out. A lot of people sent messages. Thank you to those that did. Uh, definitely appreciate that as well. The uh, Oklahoma community in high school sports is a, a fun one to be a part of uh, and very supportive of one another, so definitely appreciate the kind words. Uh, but that is not why you guys came here. You guys came here to get ready for a crazy week four, and uh, I've been telling anybody who would listen that week four was going to be one of the best season, or best weeks of the season in terms of matchups, especially at the top. And uh, we'll dive into those here in our top 10 game breakdowns. Again, you can check out our top 10 games every single Monday on Prep Red Zone Oklahoma by checking it out on the website. Every single Monday we release our top 10 games. This week, week four, it is headlined by a one versus two matchup in Class 4A as Cushing at 3-0 will host number two Tuttle. And uh, another note about week four for those not as familiar and if you're a listener of this podcast you probably already know this information but just in case we'll take care of those who don't as well along the way week four is the beginning of district play for the majority uh just about every single team across oklahoma the rest of the games in the regular season are considered district games and the distinction in those between the first three weeks of the season is these games count towards playoff seeding. Um, so by the time November rolls around, we'll take a look at the district standings. We'll see uh, who's beaten who. Uh, the top four teams in each district will get into the playoffs unless we have another uh, playoff like we had last year, which at the rate that we're going, I think that we're going to be safe. But the OSSA has already uh, opened the door to potentially having – uh, you know, a playoff system like what we saw last year where basically ev- adding an extra round and anybody who wants to play in the playoffs can play in the playoffs. I don't think – if I had to choose one way or the other, and look, a lot can change between now and November, but if I had to choose one way or the other by the look at how many games have actually been canceled through the first near month of the season, I would say that we're going to be back to normal Uh, When it comes to the playoffs this year, I think that we'll have a normal playoff, which means the top four teams in each district will make it to the playoffs. Everybody else will have to uh, check in their gear and move on to wrestling or basketball or just the offseason altogether. Uh, So this this week is the kickoff for the games that matter the most. And we have some great ones. We mentioned that one versus two matchup with Cushing and Tuttle. Our number two game is... Number one, Owasso in 6A1 going to number three, Union. Union coming off that loss to Jinx and dropping from number two to number three. Otherwise, we would have had not one, but two one versus two matchups this week. Uh, Our third game uh, this week goes to 6A2 as number two, Choctaw will host number three, Booker T. Washington. Uh, Our fourth game back to class 4A is number three, Hildale hosting number five, Poto. So really those four games were the heavyweight matchups this week. We'll dive into the rest of them as we talk more about the top 10 games. Uh, And then, of course, we'll have Coach's Corner later on in the program. We're going to be joined by Choctaw head coach Jake Corbin, Cushing head coach Rusty Morgan, 
and Deer Creek head coach Wade Stanley. And then we also introduced a new segment uh, to the podcast. We'll also do it every Sunday with the recap pod as well. And uh, it's not a new segment at all. It's one that has been done on radio, podcasts, articles, whatever, for decades now. And that is listener questions or reader questions or whatever, mailbag or whatever you want to call it. Uh, we'll be answering your questions. You can send us your questions at Prep Red Zone OK on Twitter. You can shoot them to me via email, whatever works for you. Email address is michael at prepredzone.com. And uh, we'll answer uh, our one question. We got one question this week, uh, so we'll answer that at the end of the episode. But first, as we do each and every single week, we'll talk, take a look at the top 10 games. Again, you can check out those breakdowns every single Monday to see where the best games in Oklahoma are going to be. And we start with our game of the week in Class 4A. That is number one Cushing hosting number two Tuttle. This is a game that I've been personally waiting for for really about you know four or five months now when you started to see how these teams were going to shape out, who they had coming back, how they were looking so far, and uh, Cushing and Tuttle have been my one and two since about May when we put out our way too early rankings. Uh, I really like this Cushing team offensively. That's why they, they're number one, their junior combination of Blaze Berlowitz and Camden Crooks. Um, the, the quarterback wide receiver duo is outstanding. It's been outstanding, and it's even uh, deadlier so far this season. Tuttle, they're right there in the mix, man. They, they do things a little different than Cushing. They're not going to air it out. They're going to smash mouth football you uh, as uh, they, they want to rely on their running game. They want to play good defense. They want to hit you in the mouth and uh, not stop hitting you in the mouth for – 48 minutes of football on a Friday night. So it's a clash of styles. It's one versus two. The winner will more than likely be the district champion later on and be the favorite in Class 4A. So what more can you ask for on a Friday night? I will be in Cushing, Oklahoma for that one versus two showdown. And like I mentioned, man, I cannot wait. This is going to be a good one. Uh, in Cushing. Be sure to check out, uh, we have uh, a new feature coming up this week on Prep Red Zone Oklahoma, and that's the Scene Setters, where we go a little more in-depth on each matchup, tell you why each team is going to win, what the marquee matchup to watch for is on the field, and so be sure to check out the Scene Setter for the Cushing Tuttle game uh, before Friday night. Our number two game is number one, Owasso, going to number three, Union in 6A1. We mentioned Union dropping in the 6A1 rankings after losing to Jinx a few weeks ago in a shutout loss. Both of these teams had week three off, so they're back onto the field for the first time since week two. Owasso 3-0 and on the season, and nobody has been able to stop the Rams offensively. Meanwhile, Union looking to bounce back after being shut out offensively by Jinx in that rivalry game. So uh, sim like this is going to be kind of a similar thing. A lot of these games have district championship implications. I think that uh, these two teams are the best in this district in 6A1. I think that Norman North will have something to say about that. Mustang will have something to say about that. Moore will have something to say about that. But when, it, when you're talking about the top teams, it's Union and it's Owasso. And so I think that the district champion – Ends up being the winner of this matchup right here. I think that Owasso has an outstanding offense, uh, but their defense has shown that they can be had. There, there's some holes in that defensive side of the ball. However, the holes have been in the secondary, and it's been giving up pass plays, and that's not really Union's strength right now. Their strength is their offensive line, their running game. They have two fantastic running backs. But that's kind of playing into the strength of the Owasso defense, especially along that defensive line uh, with several standouts on that D-line. So it's going to be an interesting matchup uh, here. Owasso certainly has the advantage coming in. But as we've learned in 6A1, anything can happen. And uh, it wouldn't surprise me at all if Union ended up coming out with a win. But Owasso does come in as the favorite. Our number three game you go down to 6A2, it's Booker T. Washington going on the road to take on Choctaw. Choctaw at 2-1 and one after losing to a team out of Texas, Dallas Jesuit, in Week 2. They had Week 3 off as well. Meanwhile, Booker T. Washington had to put in work in Week 3 
Uh, it was quick work. They uh, took care of Edison in a blowout. In fact, Booker T. Washington has looked really good. Wins over Southmore, Dell City, and then last week against Edison. And they haven't really been tested. This is the first test that they're going to get on Friday night as uh, they travel to Choctaw. And this is going to be an interesting matchup as well when you talk about clash of styles. Choctaw has one of the best quarterbacks in the state in Steel Wassel. Booker T. Washington has one of the best secondaries uh, with literally every single member of that secondary will more than likely be playing Division One football. A couple of those guys will be playing high-level Division One football and Gentry Williams, the number one prospect in our 2022 rankings, as well as Micah Tease, uh, one of the top prospects in our 2023 rankings. Uh, both of those players are, are absolute studs without a doubt. And so Choctaw, offensively, they're going to have to find a way to, to, to kind of poke some holes in this Booker T. Washington defense, and we'll be joined by their head coach, Jake Corbin, later on here in the podcast to talk about what they can do uh, personnel-wise to cause problems for the Hornets, especially the Hornets on the defensive side of the ball. Our number four matchup, we go back to 4A, is number three, Hildale will host number five, Poto. Again, I think that this is another game that will have district championship implications. I really like these two teams out of that district. There's some other ones that will certainly make some noise, like Broken Bow, Fort Gibson. Um, but I, I like Hildale and Poto. I think that those two teams, hands down, are the two favorites in this district. Is Hildale ready? That's going to be the biggest question mark uh, for me. Is Hildale finally ready to break through? They've had some really good teams over the last couple of years, young talent throughout the roster. And is this the year that they're finally ready to take down Big Bad Poto? And it's similar to Cushing and Tuttle, uh, where Tuttle and Poto have been two of the best teams in Class 4A. Poto won the state title in 4A a couple years ago. Tuttle won it three years ago. Uh, both of these teams have over 30 wins in the last three years. Uh, they're right there with Wagner in terms of the best teams in Class 4A during that span. And for Cushing and Hildale, is this the year that they finally break through and become the contender uh, in Class 4A? And first, you got to knock off the big dog in your district. And for this district with Hildale and Poto, it's the Pirates. They're the big dog. So it's going to be interesting to see if the Hornets can finally knock off Poto. Uh, they've been knocking on that door, but in terms of this matchup specifically, it hasn't really been close over the last couple of years, and the Hornets are looking to make sure that changes on Friday night. Our number five matchup, you have Stigler going on the road to take on Seminole. Two teams in Class 3A that are number seven and number eight with Seminole and Stigler, respectively. They're also both 4-0 on the season. Stigler has a sophomore quarterback who is absolutely lighting it up. McCade Peary, uh, he's going to be one of our players featured in our Players to Watch uh, article coming out on Friday. He has just been lighting things up for Stigler. And I'll be honest, I'll put my hand up. I thought that this was going to be a rebuilding year for Stigler. Uh, and I am dead wrong so far early on this season. 4-0 on the season. Now this one's going to be a big test for them going on the road to take on Seminole. Seminole no slouch as well. They got some really good football players on that side of the ball. Obviously, their head coach, Mike Snyder, one of the best to do it in Oklahoma high school history. In fact, nobody's won more games in Oklahoma high school football than Mike Snyder at Seminole. So it's a big test for Stigler. And when you talk about district implications, well, there's still that big dog uh, that is uh, roaming out there in Lincoln Christian. And uh, they have things rolling as well. So the winner here is going to get an opportunity to play Lincoln later on this year, more than likely for a district championship, while the loser might be uh, struggling to, to get a home playoff game later on. But I really like this matchup in Class 3A. Stigler certainly has surprised me. Seminole, at this point, you're not really surprised if they get out to a good start. You just kind of trust that they're going to be one of the top teams year in and year out in Class 3A. Our number six game, we go back up to 6A2 as Stillwater is going on the road to take on Deer Creek. Stillwater looking to bounce back after losing on the road to Bixby last week. Uh, that was just a week after beating Mustang. Uh, in one, in, in, uh, honestly, it was the best game that I've seen this year. Uh, the year is early. 
but Stillwater with a big home win against Mustang. Then they go on the road to take on Bixby, and they just get shelled by the Spartans. But look, you know, everybody has been beaten by Bixby at this point. So Stillwater, uh, they're looking to bounce back. Meanwhile, Deer Creek is sneaky, sneaky uh, good football team so far. Good start for the Antlers as they're off to a 3-0 start with three wins over 6A1 opponents. I believe Southmore, Edmond Memorial, and UConn all losing to Deer Creek here early on. So the Antlers could end up being one of those top teams in that west side district in 6A2. But the big test is Friday night against Stillwater. We'll talk with their head coach, Wade Stanley, from Deer Creek later on here in the podcast. We go back down to Class 3A for our number 7 game as it's number 5 Plainview hosting number 10 Kingston. And if you're looking at the record next to Plainview at number 5 in Class 3A, you're wondering how in the world are they number 5 at 1-2 and two on the season. And uh, I'm going to be honest. Look, I don't, I don't take anything away from Plainview for losing those two games. They lost to Pilot Point out of Texas. That's a really good Texas football team. They didn't have their best player in Morgan Pearson for that game. And then they lost on the road to Tuttle. And again, don't take anything away from them uh, for losing to Tuttle. But this is a huge district showdown against a Kingston team that is is looking to bounce back after losing in a blowout to Broken Bow last week. So both teams hungry to get back onto the field on Friday night. This one will certainly have more district implications as well, especially when you talk about that district championship in Class 3A. Going back uh, up to Class 5A for our number 8 game, it's El Reno going on the road to number 10 Tuttle, or excuse me, number 10 Noble. Noble is 2-1 on the year. Their only loss coming in a four-point loss, or excuse me, a two-point loss to Midwest City, who's ranked number 5 in 6A Division Two. I like this matchup for a couple of reasons. One, it's going to be good to see El Reno back on the field, which they haven't played since August 27th. We mentioned uh, COVID and game cancellations. There haven't been very many, but when there have been, it's been El Reno games. Unfortunately, they've had to cancel two of their games this year. Uh, so El Reno actually hasn't played since August 27th. Uh, they'll play on Friday night, September 24th, nearly a month in between games, and that's a tough position to be in to open up district play on the road against a really good Noble team, and you haven't played in nearly a month. That's certainly something to watch for in this matchup. And then for Noble, I want to see just how good this team is. They're really, uh, really dominant in the passing game. They got everybody's attention by nearly upsetting Midwest City and then absolutely handling Piedmont. Uh, the following week so Noble certainly has my attention and uh, they'll they'll have it even more if they're able to beat an El Reno team that I liked a lot coming into this season in class 5a uh, but they just haven't been on the field unfortunately our number nine game you go to class 4a there's a lot of good 4a games this week number six Weatherford hosting number or excuse me hosting two and one Chickasha. Weatherford, uh, 2-0 and on the season. We mentioned El Reno having to cancel some games. One of those games was with Weatherford earlier in September. Uh, Weatherford, they're looking to get back to state championship contingent, and I think Chickasha is wanting to play spoiler in that district. We're going to talk more about that district in our next matchup, our number 10 game as Cash travels to Bethany, ranked number 8 in Class 4A. Chickasha, Weatherford, Cash, and Bethany all in the same district. This is the same district as Clinton. This is the same district as Newcastle. It's very loaded. Elk City is even a team to watch out for in this district. So I think that it, it's a really it's going to be entertaining to watch these games week in and week out. And it's kind of a shoe-in that uh, every single Monday for our top 10 game feature, there's going to be probably one, maybe two, maybe even three matchups from this district that are considered must-watch games in Class 4A just simply because of all the things that are at stake in this district and just how top-heavy it is. All right, again, you can check out our top 10 games every single Monday on Prep Red Zone Oklahoma. But for now, it's time to throw it to Coach's Corner. We have three coaches joining us here on the podcast, Cushing Head Coach Rusty Morgan, 
Choctaw head coach Jake Corbin and Deer Creek head coach Wade Stanley. And then we'll wrap things up with our first look at the Prep Red Zone mailbag answering your questions. You can tweet those questions at Prep Red Zone OK or send them to us via email michael at prepredzone.com. We appreciate uh, those who sent in questions for this week's episode, and we'll answer that following Coach's Corner. But up first is Cushing head coach Rusty Morgan as his Tigers go into a battle of Tigers. It's one versus two, the Tuttle Tigers at the Cushing Tigers. Someone uh, is going to win this battle of Tigers, and someone's going to be in the driver's seat for that district championship and will be the new number one team, maybe the old number one team, if Cushing can hold on to it. Their head coach, Rusty Morgan, joins us next here on the Prep Red Zone Week 4 Preview Podcast. And our first guest here on the Prep Red Zone Preview Podcast for Week 4 is Cushing head coach Rusty Morgan as Cushing coming in number one in 4A, and they got number two coming to their house as the Tuttle Tigers will come in on Friday night, it's our game of the week, and uh, Coach Morgan joins us now here on the podcast. Coach, it's obviously a, a big game to kick off district play, and at the same time, there's so much football left You know, this regular season, but this game on Friday night, it might decide a lot of things come November. Yeah, you know, um, right now we, we know it's a big game. Uh, we're, we're happy that it's here at Cushing, and uh, – you know, we've been preaching that it's a, it's a big game because it's the next one. I feel like we've done a lot of a lot of good things early in the season, but you always want to start the the district the district schedule off on a good note. And uh, like you said, we know we have a good opponent coming into our town, and um, I, you know we'll be we'll be ready to play come seven o'clock. Now we definitely have to talk about uh, you know look Cushing has so many talented juniors. I don't know what's in the water with that specific graduating class. <laughs> Uh, but the 2023 class at Cushing is a, a talented one. Uh, but the two guys that definitely stand out are your quarterback and your wide receiver, Blaze Berlowitz and Camden Crooks. Let's start with Blaze, as uh, he's been lighting it up so far this year. He had a really good season last year as a sophomore. He showed steady improvement throughout the off season, and uh, you know he he looks like one of the top junior quarterbacks in Oklahoma right now through the first three weeks. Yeah, you know, you know, Blaze is. Uh... You know his stats and what he does on the field. That kind of kind of speaks for itself. He's uh, he's the first one to give credit where it's due. You know he gives credit to the offensive line, of course Camden and the rest of that uh, receiving core that we have. But you know Blaze is uh, like I said, he's a guy you would everybody would love leading their offense uh, just based on the work he puts in. He he busts his butt in the weight room. He's an excellent student. Um, if somebody's missing a workout or they're late, he's the first one calling them. You know so. Like I said, the stats and what he does on the field, that stuff it speaks for itself, but he's, his leadership is really what, what is his best attribute in my mind. And then when you talk about Camden, you know, he's had an impact since his freshman year. I remember hearing about this kid as a freshman, as a wide receiver and a, a defensive back for you guys, and he's continued to get better. Through three games, he has 10 touchdown catches, which is ridiculous in my mind. Uh, it's without a doubt the, the, the lead for, for the most touchdowns in Oklahoma right now. Of course, that Berry Hill game with five touchdowns against the Chiefs certainly helped that. Uh, but what's been what's been the biggest, you know, thing that has grown in Camden from, you know, when he started as a freshman to last year and then, of course, the start of his junior year this year where, you know, he's, he's emerged as one of the top playmakers in Oklahoma regardless of class, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, uh, a lot of the same things I, I said about Blaze right there. I mean, Cam uh, obviously has it. He does have a year uh, under his belt uh, over the rest of this junior class that we have. Um, Cam is just—he's an opportunistic guy. He—he—we he, use him on special teams. You know, he's actually this year had a, a punt return for a touchdown called back and an interception for a touchdown called back uh, that would just boost those stats even more. But. Again, th- those guys are playmakers. Whenever we need something done, we know uh, those numbers are going to be called, and uh, you know it's it's worked out to this point. And again, he's I'm in those I'm in the weight room with those guys first hour every single day, and just the work they put in all the way around. And you know, you say that junior class, we have a, a great senior leadership. Uh, it's just really good. Everybody's bought in, and 
those two guys are uh, definitely a big reason why. Now, uh, when it comes to Friday night, we mentioned it's one versus two. Tuttle certainly has been, uh, you know, one of the top teams in 4A for, for several years now, obviously a tradition-rich program. And, you know, they, they make no secret about what they want to do. They want to run the ball, and they want to hit you in the mouth with their defense. Uh, when you look at Tuttle this year through three games, what stands out to you? Uh, I think their physicality. Um, you know, defensively, you, you kind of know what you're going to get out of the Tuttle Tigers. Uh, they, they're they a very aggressive uh, defense. They they run the ball extremely well offensively, and they have a new quarterback this year that is gaining confidence every time he takes the field. Um, you know, I feel like we've had a, had a good week of practice preparing for them. Uh, rankings aside, we know it's going to be a, a hard-fought game. We know it's going to be a good crowd. Um, we know the Tuttle Tigers are going to be well-coached. They are every year, and uh, they're going to come in and, and do what they do. And, again, that's be aggressive and fly around on the defensive side of the football and, uh, you know, try to keep control of the clock and run the ball and uh, do what they do offensively. When it, when it comes to this matchup and it being week four, and we kind of started talking about it at the beginning here, but, you know, when we're talking about high school football, you're talking about high school kids and, you know, 15, 16, 17-year-olds, and you have to keep check, you know, of their, their you know, sure. uh, composure, their morale, things like that. It's only week four, Coach. There's so much football left to be played. How do you kind of find that balance of, look, this is obviously a very big game, but at the same time, there's a lot of football left to be played this season. Absolutely. And like we started this conversation off, I said, hey, it's a, it's a big game and it's a big one because it's the next one. You know, we can – everybody deep down knows that it's, hey, it's one versus two or however we want to talk about that. There's going to be a lot of people here. Uh, the spotlight's kind of on you. But, hey, with, you know, at the same time, it, it's, it's just the next football game. I told them that they absolutely need to enjoy the moment. Uh, they, they've earned – They've earned this opportunity to, to be in this moment and uh, just really, really looking forward to tomorrow night at 7. And then finally, Coach, uh, we'll get out of here on this. You mentioned this Tuttle team, and they make no secret uh, about what they want to do to succeed. They've had that kind of same philosophy for a long time, and it's won a lot of games. Um, on Friday night at 7 o'clock, what's going to be the biggest key for Cushing to, to remain number one? And I know you don't care about rankings at this point, but at the same time, What's going to be the biggest key to getting a win on Friday night as Tuttle comes to town? You know, I think it's going to be uh, to, to do what we do. We know we have an excellent opponent coming in. There's no doubt about that. Um, I think offensively, we have we have kind of added to uh, what we do offensively and kind of gained confidence there. And it's, it's showed with our performances from week one to week two and then week two to week three. Uh, I think defensively, uh, we know we played pretty good defense at times. Uh, we can't allow uh, them to convert third downs whenever we got to get off the field, and we can't give up big plays. I know that that's kind of the deal every week, but I think our kids are mature enough to understand those things. And, again, we know we've got a good opponent, but, hey, it's the, the nature of the district we're in, the nature of uh, high school football in general. We've got to get it done. That was Cushing head coach Rusty Morgan joining us here on the Week 4 Preview Podcast from Prep Red Zone, Oklahoma. Our next guest is Choctaw head coach Jake Corbin as his Yellow Jackets play host to Booker T. Washington in a battle of number 2 Choctaw and number 3 Booker T. It's one of the best games of the week. We'll have coverage of it on Friday night and into the weekend in a battle between two of the best teams in 6A2, both trying to knock off the Bixby Spartans off the 6A2 mountain, and Choctaw's head coach Jake Corbin joins us next here on the Week 4 Preview Podcast. And our next guest is Choctaw head coach Jake Corbin as Choctaw hosts number 3 Booker T. Washington on Friday night. Uh, again, Week 4, an absolutely uh, great night of football across the state of Oklahoma, and Coach Corbin joins us now. Coach, uh, man, it's it's a great week of football across the state of Oklahoma, and you guys have a, a really good game on, on Friday night. Yeah, yeah, looking forward to it. Obviously, hosting Booker T. Washington, a really, really tough Hornet team. It's just loaded with talent, very well coached, and uh, should be a good game. Now, th- when I look at this matchup, Coach, I, I can't help but look at uh, Booker T. Washington, what they do well, which is definitely their secondary. I mean, all four guys, we, we've written about it already, 
all four guys more than likely will be playing Division One football. It's going to make things very challenging on the offensive side of the ball for you guys. When you look at Booker T, you know, what stands out to you? Yeah, just kind of what you alluded to, you know, in, in their team speed, uh, they're coached very well, uh, and they're just so fast. You know, their kids play with great technique, they're in the right spots, they play really, really hard, um, you know, and they're just tremendous athletes. And so, uh, you know, like I said, you got you got Division One guys littered all over the board, and it should, you know, which obviously creates a unique challenge uh, to try to face. Now, uh, you guys had last week off after playing week zero through week two. Um, week two, uh, a tough road game down in Texas. You come up a little bit short there. Um, but what were you able to take away from the first three games of the season and how helpful you know, was having week three as a bye week uh, before going into a district that just seems like it's getting deeper and deeper every single week? Yeah, it definitely was beneficial. You know, we needed, uh, we, we needed to improve and um, you know, like most teams going into week three and then especially going into week four, you know, you have to get a lot better. And the first of the season is so fast and such a grind. It's nice to go kind of catch your breath a little bit during that bye week and get geared up for district play. And as you mentioned, you know, arguably one of the toughest districts in the state uh, that's just absolutely loaded from top to bottom with, with really, really high quality teams. So the, the bye week definitely helped. You know, we're able to just hopefully correct some issues and continue to get better. Uh, but you know, kind of historically a mark of a Choctaw team is, you know, we're trying to get it, get better and play our best ball by week 11 each year. And so we hope to be able to continue to make improvements. How have you prepared for your, t- how have you prepared your team for the district slate where going into the season, you knew it was going to be top heavy with obviously you, uh, Big Speed, Booker T. Washington right there. But Sand Springs is so so improved from last year they're showing it already this year and then there's several other teams that are improved from last season as well every single week in district play is going to be tough uh how have you prepared your guys for the next seven weeks well i think you just have to you know the old coaching cliche but i really think it rings true is you have to just approach each week for what it is you know we're trying to go one and oh this week you know, and we'll focus on next week when next week gets here. But, you know, all in all, it's, it's just you really are just trying to get better. I mean, you're trying to get better every week, and regardless of who you're playing, you know it's a tough opponent. Uh, not to throw shade at any other class, but, you know, in our in our district and in 6A, you know, you can lose any night. You know, any one of those teams can beat you on any given night, and there's no guarantees uh, no matter who you are because every, everyone's so well coached uh, and such full of talent with each team that you really do have to be on your A game each week. And so, obviously, you hope to have a good game plan, hope to have a good week of practice, stay healthy, and all those kind of things. Uh, but in reality, you just got to continue just to try to improve each week because you know that the storm's coming you know, each Friday night, and uh, it keeps coming each and every week. Yeah, see, that's the thing is the battle for these four playoff spots are, are going to be, you know, it, it's going to be intense. And, you know, as you mentioned, every single Friday, uh, there's going to be some good football teams that are on the outside looking in of the playoffs uh, when, when November rolls around, unfortunately, just because of how loaded uh, this district is in 6A2. Coach, uh, more on Booker T. Washington. They're off to a really good start. They've looked really, really good. Um, you know, their quarterback, a, a junior as well, um, he's improved his game, and he's, you know, one of those guys who can beat you with the, his arm, beat you with his legs. And uh, their offense ha- has looked incredibly efficient so far in the first few weeks. What's going to be the key to slowing them down offensively when they haven't really been slowed down yet this season? Yeah, you said it. I mean, uh, we, <laughs> we'll find out. You know, we hope they'll try to slow them down a little bit. Uh, but, you know, we, we know that's a tough task. We know how explosive they are. Um, you know, and they run the ball well, too. You know, they're a very well-coached team. They're very balanced. And, and they have guys that are just absolutely electric. You know, on every skill position, you know, you have a guy that can go 80 in the blink of an eye. So, um, you know, if we can slow them down, I mean, I think that it is playing, a, you know, assignment football, tackling well, getting 11 halves of the ball and just doing our job on defense, you know, and making them operate and snap the ball again and snap the ball again and snap the ball again, um, you know, and, and hopefully get into, a, you know, a game that we have a chance to win in the end. Uh, but, yeah, they're, they're very efficient. No one's had an answer. No one's shut them down. And, they, you know, and they've played some good teams, um, you know, that really just didn't have any answers for them. So, so we'll see, you know, if we can uh, put something together to try to slow them down. But, uh, as I mentioned, just, you know, very talented, very well coached. So it's a, it's a huge, huge challenge to try to slow them down. 
Who are some of the guys on your side of the ball that uh, have stood out to you so far? Obviously, coming into the season, we knew about a lot of those names. Steele, Deshaun on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Latrell, I thought, was primed for a breakout season at running back for you guys. Who have been some of the, the standouts for, for the Yellow Jackets so far through non-district play? Yeah, I mean, you mentioned a couple of them, but, you know, obviously Deshaun Brown. I mean, if you go watch us play, you're going to notice Deshaun. You know, Deshaun is a, is a guy that has all the accolades, and when you go watch him, you, you find out why really fast. You know, he's he's unblockable. Uh, guy has a motor, plays football exactly how you should, just with relentless effort. Uh, does a great job. You mentioned Still Wassel's had a great, you know, junior season so far and just continues to get better and better and better as he matures. Latrell Ray's had a, had a breakout year, which we all kind of – you follow football close enough where you knew that was coming. Um, you know, another guy that, that that's a, a big name but kind of gets looked over a little bit that's just had a tremendous first three games is R.J. Jackson. Uh, R.J. is our, our tight end and, and plays D.N. as well, and R.J. has just been absolutely dominant, you know, on both sides of the ball and does a great job. Um, you know, and also in the receiving core, um, Lamarion Curry, a receiver for us, is kind of, in my opinion, a really underrated guy that's had a, had a breakout uh, season and, you know, really for, really great first three weeks. Um, of football and he's just done really, really well. So uh, it's, uh, you know, it's kind of the guys that we expected to play have played well, you know, and other guys have stepped up for us that, that we needed to um, and, and continue to shine. We'll get out of here on this, Coach, but, you know, coming into this game, it, it's it's a big one. Obviously, it, it goes without saying. Um, and at the same time, your guys have to have some confidence going into it, knowing that you – you know, went to Tulsa and beat this Booker T team last year. They have some new faces. They had some guys that were out in last year's uh, matchup, and now they're back. Um, but at the same time, confidence-wise, I got to think that having a win under your belt last year against this team on the road gives your guys some confidence going into the, to Friday night. Yeah, I mean, last year's last year. This year's this year. You know, and I preach that to our kids all the time. You know, no one cares what we did last year. No one cares what they did last year. You know, every team is different. Every year is different. And we got to go prove it this year. You know, uh, we can't can't live off our past accomplishments. Um, you know, and, uh, and like you mentioned, it's a totally different team. Uh, they're, they're a ton improved than they were a year ago and looks like a totally different squad. So, um, you know, I think that – you know, I think in, in the course of the program, does that benefit you? Sure it does, because kids just continue to believe more and more and more as we continue to have more success. But but we also know as coaches, and we've been around long enough to understand that, you know, last year has no bearing on this year or vice versa, and we got to go earn it every night. And we stay in 6A2 for our final guest as Deer Creek head coach Wade Stanley has the Antlers out to a 3-0 and start on the year, but their next test is a big one arguably the biggest of their district season as they will play host to Stillwater coming in to uh, Edmond on Friday night as Deer Creek will look to stay undefeated. Stillwater looking to bounce back after a blowout loss to Bixby last week. Wade Stanley is our next guest here on the Week 4 Preview Podcast from Prep Red Zone, Oklahoma. And our next guest is Deer Creek head coach Wade Stanley as Deer Creek off to a 3-0 and start. Uh, really impressive wins in the first three weeks of the season and now a big test coming to their place on Friday night as they play host to Stillwater. Coach, uh, your team, like I mentioned, off to a really good start this year, 3-0 and on the season, three wins over some talented 6A1 teams. Uh, just talk about uh, what has led to this 3-0 uh, and start for your ball club so far. Well, I think with that question, you know, it starts with our players and, you know, they, they have, uh, you know, they bought into what we're doing here and, and, uh, those men, those young men, they, they're a tight knit group and they love each other. And, and, uh, the, a lot of these guys that are playing for us now, Michael played, you know, as young sophomores a, a year ago and two years ago, and, you know, uh, they're another year older. And, uh, so, you know, it, it all goes back to them. They're the ones making the plays and, and just, you know, really proud of the, the start that the, we've uh, gotten off to and, and just looking forward to, to getting into district play and, and uh, climbing the ladder each week here. Offensively, you know, you, you've had some, some really good outputs from your offense, uh, and obviously your quarterback, Brett, ha- has had a good start to his season. Um, what has led – I mean, you mentioned some of those young guys. Was he one of those young guys who have just kind of – been waiting for this moment to to have kind of that breakout season like he's had here in the first month or so 
Yeah, there's no question, Michael. He, uh, you know, Brett, Brett was a guy that won the job for us last year as a junior, um, you know, was kind of put into the fire and, and was very inexperienced coming in, obviously. And, and, uh, he, uh, you know, he just continued to grow throughout the year. And, uh, you know, he, he was one of our, our, uh, starting pitchers on, you know, our state semifinal baseball team and, and just throughout the year during the off season program, uh, just watching him play baseball, he just continued to grow and make more, you know, get, get more confidence. And, uh, he just carried that through with us to the summer and, uh, doing a great job, you know, directing the offense and, and leading that bunch. And, and then, you know, we've got a, a great group of offensive linemen that have all played since they were really young. Uh, you know, Jake Sexton started as a freshman and, and uh, a couple of those guys started as sophomores. So, you know, those guys have, have really matured and, and uh, have worked really hard to, to, uh, to get to this point and, and have a chance to, you know, uh, play in some, some big games and, and uh, make a run at the district and, and uh, you know, the whole goal being to get a win, you know, win in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, you kind of led me to, to my next thought with, with Brett. I got to think that for a quarterback, uh, it's a little more calm in the backfield knowing the offensive line that he has in front of him. You mentioned uh, Jake. Obviously, everybody knows about him at this point. But that offensive line as a, a unit – is uh, in- incredibly talented across the board, and I got to think that that certainly makes your quarterback and really the rest of the offense a, a lot more confident going into every single week. No, no doubt. You know those guys have really grown, and and Coach Tigner, uh, the our offensive line coach who who's been with us at Norman North, and we were together, you know, way back when in the day the Union days, uh, has done a great job bringing them along and. You know, you've got, you know, everyone knows about Jake and, and rightfully so, but, uh, you know, Chewy Wade is our other tackle on the other side. You know, Chewy's 6'5", 275, and, and Peyton Hawks and Keegan Cochran and Logan Taylor and those guys are, are really, you know, doing a great job up front. And now uh, when, you, when you talk about opening up district play, uh, it, it doesn't get any bigger than the district opener with Stillwater coming to town. Um, this is a, a team that's dominated this district over the last several years. Uh, before we get into that matchup, though, the dynamic of playing this team in week four, you know, we've talked with a couple other coaches here today, and the one thing is like, look, yeah, it's a really big game, but there's a lot of football left to be played the rest of the season. How do you keep that balance of knowing that, look, Friday night, it's a huge game, but at the same time, there's still six more after this? No, that's a great point, Michael, because it's it's something that we talk about every day and every week and the fact that, you know, that this is, um, you know, we're going to play a great team in Stillwater and, and, and we're going to be prepared for that. And, and there's a focus on that part of it. But the real focus has to be on us and the real focus has to be that day to day improvement. And, and, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, we tell our guys that, hey, this is absolutely the most important game of the season, but it's because it's the next game. You know, and then next week it's going to be the most important game of the season because it's the next game up, and uh, they're all important. Uh, they all matter, and uh, certainly at this point. And uh, so, you know, you just you've got to be able to go play your A game week in and week out in this tough district that we're in. And uh, you, you know, if, if you don't bring your A game, then you know there's some really good football teams, and and uh, you, you got to be ready for those guys. And it starts on Friday with, as we mentioned, Stillwater coming to town on Friday night. Um, they're coming off a game last week where they went to Bixby and got beat up a little bit. But at the same time, um, you know, they had a good start to their year beating Santa Fe, beating Mustang, uh, two very talented 6A1 teams as well. Uh, look, there's a lot of teams that have gone up against Bixby and have fallen short. So you definitely take nothing away from Stillwater on that. You know, that this is a talented pioneer team coming to, to Edmond on Friday. You know, when you look at, at Stillwater, this year's version of them, yeah, they look a little bit different personnel-wise, but they're doing some of the things that they've been doing the last several years that have led to district championship after district championship. There's no question about it. You know, they're they're always a well-coached football team, and uh, they're, uh, again, like most years, uh, they're a they're a big physical football team. You know, they're very physical on the offense and defensive lines. 
they they're getting good quarterback play and and they've got skills you know skill positions that that know what to do with the ball when they get it and uh you know you watch them on film and and uh you know, they're an excellent football team. So, you know, we've got a lot of respect for them and, and uh, we're excited to, to see how we may match up with them in week four this season. And, uh, but, but no question, there'll be a huge challenge. Now, this is obviously, as we mentioned, the first step to, to possible, you know, contending in the district, uh, district race, uh, the race for a playoff spot, hopefully a home playoff spot. Uh, but at the same time on Friday night, what's going to be the, the biggest key, uh, to getting out to a four and zero start with a big win over Stillwater. Well, I think you know offensively we we've got to be able to run the ball and and we've got to be able to move the chains. Uh, you you want to be able to go out there and 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 just play within yourself and 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 be able to to move the sticks and and be consistent. Uh, you know they've got a big play defense and and they're going to have some success and. And then we've got to be able to sustain success as well. So, you know, that involves moving the chains. That involves, you know, limiting, you know, not, not turning the ball over, Michael. And uh, and then, you know, from a, a defensive standpoint, uh, I believe it kind of flips a little bit. We've got to be able to stop the run. We've got to be able to contain their big play guys. They, they've got a couple receivers that are really – really strong at what they do and and you know they've continually beat people over the top and so we've got to be able to limit those big plays as well and then you know special teams wise you know you, you've always got to to be able to be sound there and, and and win that battle and that was wade stanley the head coach of the deer creek antlers joining us here for coach's corner on this edition of the Prep Red Zone Oklahoma Preview Podcast, taking a look at week four. Again, my thanks to all the coaches who joined us for Coach's Corner, Cushing head coach Rusty Morgan, Choctaw head coach Jake Corbin, and Deer Creek head coach Wade Stanley. Before we get out of here and send you on your way to what should be a crazy week four of high school football in Oklahoma, uh, we'll take a look at the mailbag real quick. Again, you can send your questions about high school football, recruiting, whatever you want to ask related to Oklahoma football uh, to us on Twitter at PrepRedZoneOK, or you can send them to us via email, michael at PrepRedZone.com. We had one question coming in this week. It was a simple one. Uh, What is your favorite game outside of the top 10 games? And uh, this is a quick answer. It has to be Mustang at Norman North. Are you kidding me? After uh, what we saw last week with Mustang and Norman, uh, that absolute sh- look. I'm an offensive guy. I like stats. I, I like I like high numbers uh, in-, in shootouts. So I'm not a defensive guy by any means. So uh, if you're a defensive fan, this one might not be the game for you. The Norman Mustang game probably wasn't the game for you. You might still be having nightmares about all the points being scored. In that one, but man, it was entertaining. Norman getting out of that one with a win with six seconds left. Their junior quarterback, the McClarty kid, uh, outstanding football player, outstanding athlete, and Mustang couldn't stop him. And it's not going to be much easier for them on Friday as they have another really good quarterback uh, in Gavin Frakes from Norman North, who's off to a really good start to his senior season he's already committed to Princeton but I think that you know with a good year he could get some more looks from some lower level D1 programs uh he's he's that type of guy throwing the football all over the field for Norman North so uh it has to be that one especially after what we saw with Mustang and Norman let's just let's go back let's go back to uh week three with another Mustang Norman matchup only this time it's the Timberwolves from Norman North and uh, it's going to be an interesting matchup for sure. Uh, and it also has some some pretty big district implications. The loser here is going to be uh, really hurting district standing-wise, and uh, they could end up being on the outside looking in. There's a lot of football left to be played, uh, but, man, uh, that, that one is certainly going to have some district standing implications uh, when it comes down to it. All right, again, thanks to the coaches who joined us for Coach's Corner. Thank you for tuning in. And again, apologies that we didn't have any podcasts for week three, but we're back and better than ever for week four. I wouldn't let you down for week four, considering some of the games that we got this week. It's going to be a great week of high school football. 
across the state of Oklahoma. So before we get out of here, again, we want to thank you for tuning in. If you haven't done so, uh, please subscribe to our podcast network on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Just search Prep Red Zone Oklahoma, and you'll get all of our podcast content sent directly to your phone, tablet, computer, wherever you get your podcasts. We appreciate those who have already done so. Uh, as uh, we have new episodes coming out every single Thursday and Sunday throughout the high school football season. And then uh, if you haven't done so already, subscribe to Prep Red Zone Oklahoma. Now is a great time as we get into district play. And honestly, look, I I say now is a great time, but really coming up here in a week or so, it's going to be a great time to check out Prep Red Zone Oklahoma because starting in October – we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be uh, uh, updating our prospect rankings from t- the 2022 class, which is current seniors. We're gonna do the juniors. We're gonna re-rank the sophomores, and we're even gonna launch our first uh, 2025 uh, watch list. We won't be ranking the freshmen. They they only have a few games of high school football. Those who have actually played. Uh, but we got a good feel of who some of those top 2025 guys are right now. Uh, so we'll put out a watch list. So October is going to be full of prospect rankings, uh, updates, newcomers, stock risers, positional breakdowns. You're going to want to check those out. And then once October's done, it's November and it's all about the playoffs. And nobody's going to have more playoff coverage than Prep Red Zone Oklahoma. So I know I say it every time. But now is a great time to subscribe to Prep Red Zone Oklahoma. And while you go check it out, you might as well save some money while you're at it, right? Uh, So go ahead and enter this coupon code to save 25%. You'll get the most bang for your buck if you do the annual subscription. It's more than worth it. We have plenty of coaches, readers, parents all over the state that would say the same thing. Uh, nobody does high school football in Oklahoma quite like Prep Red Zone, and it's 24-7, 365, baby. There's no off months when it comes to Prep Red Zone Oklahoma. So go ahead and click that annual subscription. Knocks down that 100 price tag to 75 bucks, averages out to about 6 7 bucks a month, and it's the best content uh, year-round for high school football in Oklahoma. And when you enter that coupon code, night 25 kni GHT25, you'll save 25% off uh, that annual subscription. You can do it for the monthly subscription, but it's only good for the first time you use it. So you use it on the monthly, that's it. It'll go back to the regular price after that. Uh, But we appreciate those for tuning in and for those who have already checked out uh, Prep Red Zone Oklahoma until Sunday when we're going to be recapping week four. Uh, enjoy week four of high school football. Go out and check out a game. There's games all over the state, big schools, small schools, Tulsa, Oklahoma City, everywhere in between. Out in western Oklahoma, there's good games. So there's good games all over the state. Go check out some high school football in Oklahoma. And then be sure to come back right back here on Sundays to recap all the action with the Prep Red Zone podcast network one final time i'm your host michael knight the director of prep red zone oklahoma and until sunday enjoy what should be a wild week four